0: Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Near Perfect Pitch. Glad that you can join me this week. Uh, And uh, whether you're downloading, streaming or otherwise, I welcome you. And I can uh, let you know that this week's show, in keeping with most of them, I think, is pretty bloody good, I reckon. Uh, And I always uh, allude to the content of the programme and and, and praise it. It might be construed in an egomaniacal uh, uh, capacity. That's not the case at all. I'm the first to admit that I'm merely a curator. I didn't write these songs, I don't perform these songs. But I I can certainly pick and choose them and play them for you. Uh, That's about all I'm good for. But I hope I'm reasonably good at it. Uh, This coming week, um, delighted uh, to be sharing an interview at the end of the program where all of the interviews if you're a regular listener are always housed um, Jordan Shearer is joining uh, the program Jordan Shearer of Neon Waltz signed to Universal which uh, seems like an eternity ago actually but it's been it's been a couple of years uh, they've been biding their time with a very understanding record label uh, and uh, they're about to unleash the fruits of uh, the last two or three years or so uh, in the form of an album, which is uh, complete and uh, ready for release in the next handful of months. Uh, much much more detail uh, disclosed by Jordan in the interview at the end of the program, and I'll also of course be playing some more tunes uh, by Neon Waltz to surround the interview as well. Um, what else we have got happening here? We've got uh, we've got a request for some Sleaford mods, so I will I will. Uh, attend to that at some point in the program we've got the regular features we've got uh, the weekly peel we've got the essential wax uh, lp of the week i've got a dedication here for, for johnny marmite top top man that he is um, what else we got here? Oh yeah, Slowdive are coming uh, very, very soon, so I thought I'd play some slow dive and uh, try and uh, appeal to people that live, at least in this location, to uh, carpool with me, so I'm not Billy No-Mates and standing at slow dive all on my own, which is not uncommon for me when I go to gigs. Um, you're going to hear some Prodigy, some, uh, some AC Acoustics, some Morrissey, some Chumbawamba, some Wonder Stuff, some Wedding Present, lots and lots of good stuff, but we're going to start things off with some Closed Lobsters. <laughs> Don't have to have a Scooby what they're on about, but the chorus is uh, is an obvious sing along, isn't it? Really, "Los Americanos" by uh, Espiritu, a uh, an act that were on Heavenly Records in the early 90s, and that's a single that came out in 1993. And and uh, "Los Americanos" is uh, that's for uh, that's for the impending impeachment. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. And uh, we kick things off with Paisley's Finest, Paisley Scotland's uh, Closed Lobsters, a phenomenal outfit who are, are back in the thick of it again, recording new records and, uh, and touring as well. And I'm uh, trying feverishly to get them on the programme. They're being uh, very, very... Um evasive shall i say um i'll get them eventually and uh, the the ep concerned at the uh, song that we heard it was pulled from was the desire and signs ep released uh, about uh, two-thirds away through last year on shelf life records and uh, the song and a poignant one of that uh, under london skies and um Yes, in light of recent events, of course. It would have been obviously more timely had I played it on last week's programme, had I been able to book a studio. But this is the best I can do. And two top, top tunes regardless, but uh, semi-thematic. I wanted to let you know, in case you didn't know, it's the first time listening, uh, nearperfectpitch.com is where you can... uh, well, we can find out where to find other ways and means by which to listen to the programme and the little tidbits and uh, all the social media links, etc., etc. Um, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean.com, TuneIn Radio, and of course, um, where the show is recorded on a weekly basis, as I try and record on a weekly basis. Do about 40 something shows a year, which is about a mean average of uh, one a week, do your maths. Um, Record at CKCU Studios here at Carleton University in Ottawa, uh, Canada's capital, where I reside. So um, that's the ways and means by which to listen to the programme, and I'd also be immensely grateful if you do like what you hear, to share it like a lot of you are doing and it's much appreciated. Uh, in a few weeks, I think two or three weeks actually, the wedding present are coming uh, through town, so I thought I'd play this. I
1: must watch past this doorway thirty times Made it all worthwhile When you returned my smile It all became worthwhile Don't you feel a little closer By the door You know I'd really like to talk some more Oh, don't be worried about your friend I think she left some time round ten What was her name again? You're not like anyone I've ever met You're not like anyone I've ever met Do you say much good solid? Over here Oh, I've known him off and on for years He's never mentioned you before Oh, that didn't come out right at all And now I feel this small That seems to be it, don't get me wrong But how you gonna get back home Oh, I'd be willing to walk that way there's something I just got to say I could walk a million miles today You're not like anyone I've ever met You're not like anyone I've ever met Laughter all the way home I had to tell somebody and you happen to phone I can't think of anything else no matter how I strive Which no I can't even remember the colour of her eyes and that's right We not
0: Mozza from Southport Grammar, released in uh, 1995. That's Boy Racer. And uh, if you're paying attention to what Morris has been up to lately, uh, I think it was two or three nights ago he was playing uh, Mexico City. It may have been Guadalajara. Playing Mexico anyway. And uh, the entire band uh, came out adorned in "fuck Trump." t-shirts which i thought was rather nice made the front page uh, papers in uh, in mexico uh, very poignant so uh, that's uh, that's our morrissey hit uh, for the for the short term you know smiths and morrissey are my faves but i have to sort of reel it in because it's not the smiths and morrissey show it could quite easily become that if I, if i uh, don't exude any any kind of control and uh, before we had mozart we heard the wedding present who are going to be through town very very soon hoping to uh, get gedge on the program Um, That's some 87's wonderful George Best on reception records and a song that puts the proclaimers to shame. Uh, Forget that 500 miles bollocks. This is a million miles by The Wedding Present. Makes that uh, token 500 miles seem just that. Just, F, just just, just—you know redundant really in the whole scheme of things um, up next we're going to hear something by the Sherlock's and it's for uh, a, a chap who is always in touch and I'm very appreciative that he is being that he's a, he's a music fan and he's not only uh, uh, commenting about the programme but he's also suggesting things for me to play as well which I hope uh, that more of you can do Near Perfect Pitch at gmail.com is the way to get hold of me to ask such a question back.
2: The bus is waiting on the high street when it suddenly begins to rain torrentially and it sounds like someone has emptied about a million packets of dried peas onto the roof of the bus. What if it just keeps raining, she thinks to herself. It was just like being in an aquarium except it was all the shoppers and office workers that were floating past the windows instead of fish. She's still thinking about this as the bus goes past Caroline Lee's house where there was a party last week. There were some German exchange students over who were very mature. and they ended up jumping out of the bedroom window. One of them tried to get her to kiss him on the stairs. So she kicked him.
3: Later she was sick because she drunk too much cider.
2: Caroline was drunk as well. She was pretending that she was married to a tall boy in glasses. And she had to wear a polo neck. the three days afterwards, to cover up a love bite on her neck. Is a man who spends all day Forcing felt pens into people's hands And then trying to make them pay for them She used to work in a pet shop there She got psyched for talking to boys When she was supposed to be working She wasn't too bothered though She hated the smell of rabbits anyway Maybe this bus most- was Have that all right. It's just that nobody dared to jump into her fire. And been consumed. Instead, they put her in a corner and let her heat up the room, warming their hands and backsides in front of her, and then swagging her off around town. No one ever really got inside Susan. And and she always ends up getting off the bus at the terminus and then walking home. Ow!
0: <sighs> Tremendous stuff from Jarvis Cocker and pulp. And that's a song called inside susan which first appeared on the b-side of Rasmataz. and if you listen to the version on said b-side it's actually a song in three parts uh, a story by virtue of three songs if you like and um, it traces the life of susan from her rotherham puberty all the way through her wild teen years in sheffield uh, to her eventual marriage and settling down somewhere on the outskirts of London, according to Jarvis Cocker. And uh, prior to hearing that, with uh, a little bit of a, a Sheffield theme, we heard uh, the Sherlocks. And that's relatively new stuff, uh, just from January, that's So Will You Be There. And that's for Johnny Marmite. Thanks, mate, for being in touch. Do appreciate it. And please continue to rattle my cage and uh, be in touch whenever you see fit. And you can do the same at nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. There's a new Bunnymen album. And by new, I don't really mean brand spanking, but I mean finally a concert that's been uh, cherished by Bunny Men fans. And I've got it on cassette and LP somewhere. But it's got an official release. Do It Clean Live is what we're going to hear now. <laughs> Angels with their second single uh, released on uh, Sheer Joy Records, and that's uh, a remix version of "Perfume." That's uh, "All On You," "Perfume" on the B-side of said single. And before that, we heard some live bunny men. And um, I'm going to include the link to uh, the the record company who's selling the vinyl and other formats. And it's called Runout Groove. The URL concerned is I'm just going to source it: RunOutGrooveVinyl.com. Uh, and uh, it's got a, a garbled uh, extension to the URL. Check out the show notes or go to runoutgroovevinyl.com and look for Bunny Men. Echo the Bunny Men. Um, so the details are I've had these songs uh, for, for quite some time, obviously uh, uh, bootlegged. Uh, they've been released officially, uh, and the track listing is as follows uh, She Cracked, and then uh, there's it's all over now Baby Blue, uh, the first cover. Got Soul Kitchen on there as well, Action uh, Woman. Uh, Paint It Black, of course, Run Run Run, Friction, uh, Crocodiles, Heroin, uh, and Do It Clean Live. Now, uh, the, the vast majority of, of the tracks were recorded live in Sweden in, uh, in 1985, and that was a heck of a tour, I saw them on that tour and uh, it was quite wondrous uh, the anomaly is the uh, track i played you in that uh, do it clean that was actually recorded at uh, the royal albert hall in 1983. so anyway, get, get yourself to the site and if you're a, if you're a vinyl collector 180 gram black vinyl Uh, Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff uh, featuring uh, some of their uh, more renowned cover versions amongst uh, uh, a load of classics as well. So anyway, that is that. We're up to date. Coming up next is The Jam. 1988 was such a good year for music that's the wonder stuff from uh, the uh, eight-legged groove machine and that's also their fifth single and that's on polydor records uh, that was preceded by another artist on uh, polydor records and that was uh, when you're young by the jam and that particular single uh, by the jam when you're young came out in uh, 1979 it was uh preceded by Strangetown, which came out in March of the same year. Uh, and these two records weren't on albums. They, uh, they appeared between the Old Mod Cons uh, LP, the third LP, and uh, the fourth, and the one that really turned it around uh, for the jam, uh, Setting Suns, which came out uh, just uh, three or four weeks after the When You are Young single. So there you have it. Um, I think you're up to date. We're 10 songs in. What's coming up next? What have I got here? Oh, yeah, I've got some uh, Prodigy lined up for you. Don't forget, uh, coming up, we're going to have the Obligatory Fall, Our Track, which is our uh, weekly uh, tune by the fall. We've got uh, Tinta Web Time coming up. Nice, interesting uh, website. Bloody hell, that's a faux pas, isn't it? It's a Uh, a website uh, that I uh, want to share with you. We've got our cover version of the week, Cover Me. We've got uh, a hat trick coming up. And we've also got uh, the weekly peel and the essential wax feature. My goodness me. That's a lot of stuff to cover. I better get cracking. week's Obligatory Fall track uh, from post-TLC Reformation, which came out in 2007. Uh, And that is a song, as you've probably sussed, entitled Fall Sound. And before we heard Fall, we heard The Prodigy from 97's Fat of the Land and an absolute beauty entitled Climatize. We're up to date. It's time for a hat trick, and we'll start off by going to Ireland. (laughs) First to admit that uh, that's an odd hat trick, an odd assortment of three songs that uh, I'll admit to you, I didn't plan at all. What songs am I going to play that feel upbeat enough to uh, be worthy of three in a row? So we started off with, actually, we'll go reverse. We just heard Viva La Mega Babes. That's uh, Jackie Blake and Carrie Askew, AQ, aka um, uh, Shampoo. That's their fourth single from 1994. Yes, 1994. And that came out on food records way back when. And preceded by something from 14 years previous. That's the B-52s, as if you didn't know. And that's their fourth single, too, uh, from their third LP, Wild Planet. And that came out in 1990 and then a belter, a debut single, by the Franken-Walters on Satanta Records that came out in 92. And that's entitled Happy Busman. As I said, that's their first single. And that's uh, talking about Andy James. And they're claiming that Andy James, the busman, was sent here by God. Wonderful outfit are uh, the Franken-Walters. And and they're still going. They have not uh, took their foot off the pedal. They've steadily been releasing records since uh, the early 90s. Fair play to them. And uh, we kick things off before the hat-trick. As uh, a reminder, we heard uh, "Full Sound by The Fall. Now, what have we got? It's time for our weekly peel. And this week, we're going to hear some Joy Division. <laughs> Stranglers, from 1984's oral sculpture, and that is Skin Deep, a single pulled off that record. Prior to hearing Skin Deep by the Stranglers, we heard Joy Division going back all the way to January 1979 for *Appeal Session, which uh, in turn constitutes this week's weekly Peel. You're up to date. Um, however, there's some business that I need to attend to in the next minute or two. Yep, it's Tinterweb time. It's the time of the week of the show where I bring up a website. I don't physically bring up in terms of you know regurgitate, but uh, I I showcase a website that I deem useful to you. And I came across this one a couple of weeks ago, and it's called Everything Indie over 40. And I'll read you there about page. Welcome to Everything Indie Over 40, a nostalgia-based community that celebrates a golden age of music and its enduring legacy. When we say everything indie, we mean everything because indie music means different things to different people, from its post-punk and C86-era jingle-jangle or Manchester and Britpop. Pop. For others, it's industrial shoegaze or even electronica. As far as we are concerned, indie music is whatever you want it to be. Whether you saw My Jealous God support the Trash Can Sinatras at the Borderline in 1990, or was it at Main Road in 1996 to see Oasis, we hope that there is something for everyone in our community. We also hope this community provides you with an opportunity to be introduced to new musical experiences that you may have missed. How often have we heard, can't believe this band wasn't on my radar back in the day? I don't think I've ever said that, but you know what I mean, among our online community. We are not constrained by genres and embrace a wide-ranging mix of musical styles from the old to the new. Uh, Step inside our website and you will find uh, the likes of the Indie Top 40, Indie Encounters, First Track, First Album, uh, The Barney Review, The Indie CV, Meet the Community, and much, much more. And they're very active on social media as well. I really like what they do, and uh, I've been in touch with them and uh, did to inform them that they will be the uh, the website of the week on our uh, Tinter Web Time feature, and I'm in some dialogue. And if there's anything more to share with you, I will. The URL concerned is uh, www everything indie over forty, and the forty is numeric, uh, and uh, that's a dot com. So again, everything indie. Uh, over40.com and that will be uh, reproduced in the show notes as the URLs of pertinence always are in any even programme. So that's to Web time. Out of the way. We've also got the weekly peel out of the way. The hat trick's out of the way. The obligatory fall is done and dusted. We've got um, the essential wax uh, feature coming up, which is uh, in about half an hour or so. We've got uh, a cover version. Our weekly cover me is coming up, and uh, the magic biscuit tin is going to see its official official launch this week. <laughs>
4: about drones and war cannons. One, two, three, four. What you're telling people you're old for? Are you that bothered about it? You're in the pop star market. Oh, yeah, forgot. Your big mates used to skate. your magazine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, forgot. Oh yeah, for god Commercial Road, you're never getting off it. You play gigs like Kirk Cobain Oh yeah, for God. Oh yeah, forgot. You play gigs like Kirk Cobain Oh yeah, for God Fuck off posy pants, rock toss, you're in the pop star market. Sexy promoters, untouchable organisations. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh yeah, for god. Oh yeah, forgot. Oh yeah, forgot. Oh yeah, forgot. Oh yeah forgot. Sexy QE2 like Quiz Night and the I puke on you in a raisin face like elvin stardust did black leather black leather steve jones 80s didn't work out but at least you did a tune with
0: Bambi by Sleaford Mods and that's for Chris in Toronto who uh, reached out a couple of weeks ago uh, via the old email nearperfectpitch@gmail.com, and uh, from the chubbed up singles compilation released in 2014, uh, Sleaford Mods with Bambi um, Slow Dive have announced uh, a date at the uh, Olympia in Montreal at the beginning of May, May the 6th to be precise um, if you want to jump in the car drop me a line nearperfectpitch@gmail.com, at gmail.com and here's a bit of a taster stuff, Slow Dive, from their second LP that was released in 1993, entitled Suvlaki, and that is an uh, album track entitled Suvlaki Space Station, and uh, prior to hearing uh, the old uh, Slow Dive, we heard Bambi, which was almost at opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of the aural spectrum. That's the AU, not the OR. Right then, it's time for our Essential Wax uh, feature our LP of the week, and this week it's Electronic's debut self titled affair from 1991. Now, Electronic, they are Bernard Sumner of New Order, ex Miss guitarist Johnny Marr and their wonderful collaborative work whenever they can see fit to make records together. Uh, this record, as I mentioned, came out in 1991 on Factory Records. It was uh, followed by Raise the Pressure, which came out uh, on Parlophone five years later. In 1999, Twisted Tenderness, great, great record, was released on Parlophone. And uh, A Best Of was released uh, on EMI in 2006. Uh, they haven't uh, closed the door on another record, but uh, they're both immensely busy uh, and very choosy as to what they do and and when they do it so i wouldn't say that you'll never see another record by electronic again it's probably not very likely but uh, it's not beyond not beyond the realms of of possibility so i'm going to play you a couple of tracks uh because uh, as i mentioned a few weeks ago adding more features to the show i don't want to be playing three and four tracks of a record i'm going to play a, a couple to get you an idea of the quality of any given album in the hopes that you either a are uh, reinforced in your love of said record or you have learned something, liked something and then subsequently go and buy it or uh, listen to it uh, again and again and again. So, uh, Neil Tallant and Chris Lowe feature prominently on this record. Uh, they are, of course, Pet Shop Boys and if you know anything about the record, you will uh, you will especially recognise Neil's vocals on, uh, on the Getting Away With It single. So, without uh, much further ado, I'm going to play this for you. Message, that's electronic, and that is from our featured album of the week, which is their self-titled debut, which was recorded at Clear Studios in Manchester, self-produced by uh, Bernard Sumner and Johnny Marr, and interestingly, uh, it was released on Factory Records, and uh, those of you in the know uh, will know that uh, Factory met its demise early in the 90s, so uh, this label, uh, sorry, this release had a little bit of a struggle, but it has been uh, since remastered in 1994 and uh, re-released by Parlophone, so uh, if you haven't got the original, you can go and snag the Parlophone out there, and there's a special uh, two CD version out there as well with, uh, with B-sides and uh, extended mixes, etc, etc etc. Um, the next song and the last song and the second song that we're going to hear of this record uh, is going to be Tighten Up and it wasn't uh, an official single in as much as a promo single to uh, DJs and radio uh, to, to further enhance uh, the uh, the sales of the record which did indeed sell a ton of uh, and uh, sold a million copies worldwide actually and uh, at its reach number two in the proper proper charts uh, back home in in the UK so we're gonna to tighten up but interestingly uh, in subsequent uh, uh, renditions of uh, electronic they've had some other cool guest collaborators uh, they've had Craftwork uh, member Carl Bartos has been uh, involved with uh, quite a few songs over the course of time uh, Jimmy Goodwin who was uh, most probably famous for being in in dubs now in Black Rivers uh, um, also in sub sub um, he would have met Bernard, I would imagine, uh, in the heady days of, uh, of uh, the late 80s in Manchester, because uh, Bernard did do some guest work uh, with Sub Sub before Sub Sub did evolve into dubs. Um, and uh, who's the last collaborator? Who am I thinking of here? Uh, oh, yeah, Jed Lynch, who's now uh, now playing drums uh, with, uh, with Black Grape, amongst other projects, I believe. So, a very Mancunian project, to say the very, very least. So, here's Tighten Up. Teenage Kicks, The Undertone's Epic, as covered by The Raconteurs. And if you're interested in getting uh, hold of this record, um, you can get it on a wonderful compilation that came out, uh, uh, how long ago did that come out? It came out in 2007, yep, 2007, um, because it did celebrate 40 years of uh, the BBC, Radio 1 radio station. And what it is, is 40 tracks of uh, what you deem modern artists uh, covering uh, epics from the past. Uh, and in this instance, uh, on uh, the first CD, that's where this uh, Raconteurs track resides. And that's their contribution for 1978. They did uh, Teenage Kicks. They're uh, the likes of The Streets, Foo Fighters, uh, K.T. Tunstall, Keen. Uh, the Pigeon Detectives, Fratellis, Kaiser Chiefs, Amy Winehouse, Razorlight, Editors, Stereophonics, Claxons, uh, The Twang, The View, HardFi, they're all on here. A couple of naff ones, as is always the case, but uh, by and large... 40 decent tracks of uh, some very well thought out cover versions and that was as a reminder again Teenage Kicks as done by uh, the Raconteurs and uh, we proceeded the uh, Cover Me with uh, with two electronic tunes and not electronic by nature but uh, electronic by Monica, the name of the band and our feature LP of the week being their self-titled debut from 1991. Well, in case you didn't know, every week on the programme I uh, make uh, an attempt to interview a musician, artiste of note, uh, and I've got about a 97% success rate in being able to uh, get at least uh, one interview uh, per week. And uh, this week... Uh, I'm very, very happy to be sharing with you uh, the fruits of a chat I had to, with Jordan Shearer of Neon Waltz. And Neon Waltz have been making some some very steady organic waves in the industry, getting things done their own way. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with regards to uh, their genesis and what they're doing and, uh, and uh, some forthcoming material, which I probably will touch upon later, but all the details you're going to hear in the interview. Anyway whenever i interview an artist i always end the interview by asking a very very what i deem simple question but is often construed for good reason because it's a very very tough decision to make Uh, i always ask if hypothetically said artist was around my place and uh, stuck the kettle on as is the norm in our house every every hour or so and uh I have a cup of tea, and I bring out the, the biscuit tin, but uh, the, the big difference is, of course, that the, this biscuit tin, uh, the near-perfect pitch biscuit tin, is a magic biscuit tin. Uh, and the question I always ask is, if you could choose any biscuit on God's green earth, what would you choose? And I've created, over the course of time, as I adjust the microphone here so I can actually read, um, I've created... a. Uh, it's a glorified spreadsheet with pictures, truth be told. And if you go to the Facebook page near Perfect Pitch, uh, our page on, on, uh, uh, on the old Facebook platform, you will see who has chosen what. And uh, I'll run through them for you. George Sefton, uh, the voice of Anfield, Liverpool's uh, uh, PA merchant for the last, I think, 44 years, God bless him, uh, George, chose a rich tea. Chris Bridget, chose a digestive, Chris of the G.O.D. and uh, of Dubsex. Nick Repton, uh, of alias Kid chose uh, a good old Hovis. Simon walstoncroft uh, of the Fall and numerous uh, other outfits, uh, Freak Party, Stems, you name it. Um, he chose the chocolate wafer, which is a very interesting choice. Willa Robinson and Jordan Shearer, uh, Jordan who's coming up later, they both chose the milk chocolate digestive, a mainstay an absolute staple. Uh, the chocolate hobnob was favoured by Simon Mason, high-time pirate, D- Derek Ridges, a phenomenal photographer who you, uh, I hope you listen to the interview. If not, all these names I'm chucking out, don't forget, it's a podcast and you can go back and listen to all these, uh, all these uh, interviews and episodes whenever you wish. Uh, Pat Fish from Jazz Butcher, he also is a chocolate hobnob kind of fella and uh, Matt Grayson as well. He is, uh, he's of that ilk and uh, Matt, is uh, from Walton Hess. Dambit from uh, Chumbawamba likes his dark chocolate digestives. Roland McGinty from Woodentops is very, very partial to a chocolate ginger nut. Conrad Lambert from Mertz is just plain awkward, and he loves uh, uh, a sweet olive oil torta, which is intrinsic to the uh, Sevilla region of Spain, of course. Um, Now, um, what else have I got here? I've got Pete Fidge from uh, Adorable and Fitch Biggers he is uh, very, very partial to the, the Jammy Dodger. Boz Bora from Morris's Band and Boz Bora, an artist in his own right, with Ray uh, Sonic Hansen from The Hypnotics. They like the good old-fashioned Bourbon. The only category that hasn't been taken up is the Nice Biscuit, or nice as some people call it. Dean Garcia of SPC, uh, SPC, ECO, Space Echo, wherever you want to call them, and of course most famous for Curve. Uh, he likes his Custard Cream. Pete McLeod likes his Garibaldi. I've got uh, Periscope, Matt Priest from Dodgy and Stella Grundy loving their shortbread. Kim Clark Champness, he's, he likes his dad's cookies, he says. Uh, the Fig Roll, we only have one participant there and that's good old Martin Stevenson. Uh, Mark Burgess of the Chameleons and Chameleon's Vox just wanted to be bloody awkward and he chose a Kit Kat uh, Bites, which we had an ensuing argument as to whether they constituted a biscuit or not. Uh, We've got Stephen Ward uh, here with his Galette Normand, which is absolutely hilarious. Helen Walker from the Nearlies, I should also mention, likes the jammy Dodger. We've got Petter from uh, Tinselhart from Sweden. He's an Oreo kind of fella. Ed Blaney likes his morning coffee. Uh, Martin Whitehead from Flatmates, uh, he likes his Pink Panther wafer. Howard Gale, ex-Liverpool player. And John Campbell from... um, Cracky, I'm just drawing a complete blank. John Campbell from It's a Material, uh, loving their ginger nuts. Edgar Jones likes his uh, likes his Viennese chocolate uh, chocolate <laughs> chocolate dip swirl. Well, of course he does. Ollie Knights from Turin Breaks really has uh, a penchant for or a penchant for his uh, his mint viscount. And Patfish, the only person to be interviewed twice on this program, has gone for a Bolson Choco uh, Leibniz. So they have it if you're if you're interested in biscuits as I am. Um, you should uh, follow my, my spreadsheet and, and listen to the end of each interview to know who's actually plumping for what biscuit because it really is a very, very serious business business uh, the, biscuit, uh, the biscuit with your tea, coffee or beverage of choice. It's a very, very important thing. Anyway, you're up to date with biscuits. You're up to date with just about every single feature save for the interview that is uh, coming up and there's one more new release to get to as well. In the meanwhile, here's Long Pigs. whisk some of you away to the heady halcyon days of 1988 and uh, just wonderfully dancing yourself into a sweaty stupor every Friday and Saturday and living for the weekend uh, that's Gerald Simpson aka voodoo Ray actually <laughs> aka a guy called Gerald with voodoo Ray his first single uh, which came out in countless, renditions on vinyl I've lost count how many remixes there are of this particular track that's the Plain Jane version not officially titled but uh, what I'm entitling it to, just to be able to explain to you that that's the basic version of Voodoo Ray. and uh, that was preceded by an album track of uh, Long Pigs's uh, first uh, record entitled The Sun is Often Out and that's uh, an LP track entitled Elvis. Next uh, some new stuff from a wonderful, wonderful folk pop artist who I've played uh, some material of in the past. And uh, I, I'm infinitely ignorant when it comes to the pronunciation of this fictitious name that uh, Louise Connell uh, records under. So we're talking about Louise Connell, but uh, Reveriemi. Reveriemi? If you would uh, pronounce it as I would, Reveriem that sounds reasonable to me, but apparently there's some phonetics on the website where it's Reveriemi. I'm sure I will be corrected by somebody at some point. Anyway, all that aside, um, quite wonderful stuff. I've also included in the show notes uh, the the Bandcamp link um, where you can source all of uh, the material. And you can either download the, the physical format or you can download it digitally. So uh, do visit the show notes for that. The latest release is called A Straw Woman. And I've got it in my hand right now, the physical copy. It's quite a beautiful, digipack, uh, with some uh, sublime liner notes as well. Um, I'm going to play the lead track for you, entitled Fairy Stories. with Dreamers that uh, was released in October last year and uh, this single Dreamers, the one I'm going to be playing next, I Fall Asleep, which uh, came out just a a few weeks later in December of 2016, and the song I will lead the show out with. uh, They're all available digitally through iTunes and other digital uh, portals. Uh, uh, Their their vinyl commodities have always been limited. Uh, They've had two to date, and they've been limited editions of 500, as I mentioned in previous shows. Very, very hard to get your hands on. But but uh, do rest assured that there's going to be a litany of material forthcoming. Jordan, uh, the interview forthcoming, uh, is very very articulate in uh, in expressing that there's a lot of material that's going to see light of day. They've been working very very hard for the last couple of years, uh, and I am thoroughly looking forward to an album proper, uh, an album that uh, Jordan says is an album album, which is which is just great. I, I can't wait. These these singles have just kept uh, kept the likes of myself and and the other fans. Uh, uh, satiated to a degree uh, they're, they're obviously an immensely talented outfit uh, and i'm going to share the next track uh, to prove that point even further
5: kneel down or hail the chief knows nothing more than me But I know that
0: asleep uh, a single from last year now scotland i mentioned this in the interview and i mentioned this in the past in in a per capita basis i'd love to be able to commission a study to um prove once and for all that i don't believe that there's a place in a ratio uh in terms of great music per capita that can top scotland you might get cities like manchester you might get liverpool you might get new york you might get uh, you might get la Uh, You might get New Orleans, you know what I mean, but uh, as a country, per capita, in terms of just sterling, sterling talent, Scotland uh, is head and shoulders. Anyway, it's now time for the chat that I had uh, with Jordan. He's very, very uh, uh, fun to chat with, and uh, I think you'll learn an awful lot about uh, the ethic and the ethos and uh, their, their mantra, if you like. They are exactly what musicians should be. They are letting it happen and letting it take its course and they are eschewing all the nonsense of the industry and just getting on with it themselves and i've got an immense amount of respect for them so anyway over to jordan and pseudo me and i'll be back afterwards with one more track and uh, i'll be wrapping up the show in about half an hour needless to say thanks to L- L- larissa for setting this up um and yeah, yeah. uh we are talking so uh, for me it's, uh, it's it's a big pleasure because i'm a I'm a fan and uh by your records uh although they are uh, for want of a better expression some of them are hard uh, harder than unicorn shit to get your hands on aren't they Yeah <laughs> I Suppose
6: so yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: So so your cunning your cunning PR efforts have, have worked very well because you are uh, well we all know that you're a hot property so what, why don't we start with First of all, am I calling you way in the nether regions of, of your, your of your uh, homeland? Uh, in uh, uh, well, are you, are you in Thurso right now?
6: No, we. Um, it's quite funny, actually. Me and Swami, who's the guitarist, one of the guitarists, yeah, actually moved in together yesterday. Oh,
3: okay. Um, so
6: I, I moved from the Groat's to Weck, which is like... The time for to school at, yes, basically. So, you're speaking to me
0: from WEC. Lovely, love. I'm just trying to get my geography right because for, for, for the uninitiated, yeah, yeah. For, for the uninitiated, and those who have not been lucky enough to see the far flung reaches of Scotland, it's, it's like no place on yeah. earth. And I think if you can't get to your neck of the woods, I suggest that people watch Shetland, and that's the next best thing, isn't it?
6: Probably, yeah. Or
0: or some videos of Orkney, if there's any <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Uh, it's it's well documented that that you know you're all from that the part of the world and that neck of the woods. So so, you guys out there getting together as a band, um, is it fair to say that some of you you moved to to the to the bright lights in the big city and then came back to what you'd probably call normalcy? Yeah, pretty much. I mean
6: we. We all kind of met each other in school, high school.
3: Yeah.
6: And the two guitarists are brothers, so they obviously known each other in their whole lives. But uh, yeah. we we kind of played in a lot of bands when we were at school together. Mm-hmm. We had like a sort of other group of mates as well who we all used to play with. Um, but pretty much all of us in the band sort of moved off to Edinburgh, or like near, near enough to Edinburgh anyway. And uh, we just sort of carried on playing together. Yes. And then we eventually just came back and made a proper go of it because we we realised that we were uh, onto something like really good and unique. So
0: fantastic, um, well,
6: That's a, a basic sort of history of the band, I suppose.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that you did uh, opt for that route because uh, the fruits of it are, the, are are the last bunch of records. So, why what, what, why don't we just touch upon? You being in the far flung reaches of, the, of of gorgeous uh, of gorgeous Scotland, how how do you get in touch with, uh, for instance, uh, Marcus Russell? How does that come about?
6: Hey, well, he, he kind of got in touch with us. Yeah. Um, I mean, because because we're from you know so far away from like sort of cool cool London and all that, you know, we just we just did what we love to do, and uh, it somehow got. To the right people i don't know how it did but um we just started getting contacted from labels and management and stuff and and it all sort of snowballed from there.
0: yeah because because with, with the press that you've garnered to date there's, there's there's a real real feeling that uh that there's there's an, there's a swelling underground when it comes to you and you, you're about you're about to break through so uh, what what actually happened uh, with with the meeting with Marcus was it just a, just a chit chat because I know that Marcus isn't managing you right now.
6: No, Marcus is still
0: managing. Us. Oh, he is yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh... um, he's
6: been managing us for about two years now, I think.
0: Okay, um, so could you? going kind of
6: be slowly, slowly
0: building, I suppose. Uh, okay, so could could you clarify then in, in in the whole in the whole scheme of things then what's Howie's role?
6: Well, they actually call
0: managers. That's that's what got me confused.
6: Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So you're. It got <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, yeah well, it doesn't take much to be truthful, but uh, I'm glad that you sorted that one yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so that's that, that's clear. So you, there's there's Howie and Marcus, and we all we all know what Marcus has done and what Marcus can do, and that, that's a great marriage. Have you ever crossed paths with uh, yes. with the uh, Alan McGee's of the world uh, uh, of late? <clears throat>
6: Oh, maybe, I don't
0: think so. I have a feeling we might have met him at one point. <laughs> well, it's an it's uh, inevitability. I don't, I don't... Yeah, I would think so, yeah. He might have sorted us out for the like, Gag tickets once. I'm sure he did. I'm that sure he remember. did. Yeah, because he's yeah. fresh up. He's was
6: probably very drunk at the
0: time. <laughs> well, he's fresh off the Mary Chain tour, and if, if Marcus is involved, I'm sure that Alan will be uh, in in the crowd at some point. So... This is all very interesting. So this this all this all came about, but to to the uninitiated, um the the universal deal, when did that actually go down? Uh, I, know,
6: I want to say about a year and a half ago or something?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a it's,
6: year and a half
0: to two years ago, I would say. So so you you are nestled up there, you've got you've got Marcus and Howie who are your PR marketing machine, which is fantastic. Um, I know that you've been gigging and that you've got a couple of gigs uh, forthcoming as well. I think you've got one in Greenock and one in Leicester coming up in April. Is that right? Yeah, we've got a few,
6: uh, like a few festivals as well, school
0: and stuff. Fantastic. So there's going to be more opportunity for people who are listening in in uh, in the UK to be able to, to see you out on the road. But
6: yeah, and we'll be will be touring as well.
0: Soon. Brilliant. And
6: uh, May, in May, I think, but I think. Uh, they're just putting the finishing touches on it like a big
0: agent, so fantastic. So it'll be a proper a proper bona fide tour starting in May. I think so,
6: yeah.
0: Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Don't quote me on it, but <laughs> oh no, no, nothing nothing's written in stone. This is all speculative at best. It's great. Yeah. It's just it's just nice to be talking to you to hear stuff from from the horse's mouth. So um so we you yeah, Universal, yeah. of course, um, an absolute monster when it comes to uh, to not just uh, owning owning uh, bands, but uh, you know, R and D uh, and and distribution as well. So, so was there a choice involved, uh, Jordan? Were you courted by other labels, or, or was Universal said so we did, did you just get a good feeling about it?
6: Uh, yeah, we were courted um, by quite a few, I think. Um, but we actually we met a couple of the people who we'd be working with uh, at Universal, and like went on a Basically, I went on a night out in Glasgow with them, <laughs> and they just seem to like, they just seem to get us. Do you know what I
0: mean? I know exactly what you mean. Um, I know exactly what you mean, and you. So it just, it just felt perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. It's wonderful to have that sensibility because, you know, as I alluded to, you know, universe is a mighty, mighty, mighty machine. But if you, it's it's all about the yeah. ind- individuals that you're working with at the label, and if they get you and they understand implicitly what you're all about, that, that's 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 a wonderful thing. So, for, for for the greedy folk like me out there, I've got I've got um, I've got two pieces of vinyl by you. I've got I've got the Barewood Isle seven inch, which came out in uh, twenty fourteen, didn't it? Yeah. And then First Light, which is uh, a wonderful record similarly as uh, hard really? to find for, for, for you know for for, for people yes. who are sourcing your stuff it's very very difficult this uh, you know you, you must you must know that there are some uh, some nasty folk out there so it, we, we
3: noticed that people have been selling
6: them for like ridiculous amounts of money that's what i was just oh, alluding um, to is it
0: Des- that's it Well, discogs is, is notorious i mean you know if, if it's available on god's green earth it'll be on discogs but it'll be available for yeah. uh, for the equivalent of your firstborn child
6: yeah.
0: You know. Anyway, I just
6: wanted to point that he out. Got a, Go ahead, Joe. I um, he plays in a band called Delta Mainline. Yeah. From Edinburgh. And, uh, Darn, Darren actually bought a drum kit from him. Our drummer bought a drum kit from a guy. Yeah. And he told us he spent something like £150, I think it was. Yeah. For First Light. Yes. And I was just like, fucking hell, man. You he must have more money than <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had somebody actually uh, email me last week, Jordan, about about the release because I played a couple of tracks in the last few weeks, and um, someone emailed me asking asking where they could get the record, and I, I found the record for them, um, and there's there's actually one on eBay right now for fifty fifty dollars, which is that's about with postage it'd be about thirty quid, but it's 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 mental out there. So so the the PR that you've done in terms of teasing teasing the industry. Well that's worked immensely well because realistically you've only released a well, thousand, I so, yeah. I've never I never really thought about it like that, but I suppose you're right. Yeah, well I'm I'm sort of ex-industry myself and in marketing and, and, and you know whether it's concerted or not, that the net effect is an immense amount of interest with only really a thousand pieces of vinyl out there. Yeah. Which is which is yeah. it's harping back to the good old days with limited edition sevens and it's uh, it's pretty cool. However, if you miss the yeah, boat, still, yeah. if you miss the boat, then you're seething like a couple of people have been trying to get in touch with me to get your material. So let's talk. So those those two releases, I'll continue to play them uh, uh, relentlessly. However, um, what what can we expect from you in terms of new material?
6: Um, we'll have more new stuff out reasonably soon. Will it be a bit is, more? I'm think it'll, it'll be. That early
0: summer. Okay. And will it be, uh, yeah, I'm expected, hoping, easier... Probably, probably May. Yeah, so, sorry, Jordan, but will, will it be easier to get uh, people's hands on? So not limited edition 500 pressings, something a little bit more accessible for everybody? Uh,
6: I'm not too sure. I, I, we don't really sort of focus on that side of it, really. Uh, I suppose that's up to the label, really, to
0: decide. Yeah, of course. I just, just thought you might know because, uh, again, I'm just going to have to I'm just going to have to g people up to to get ready for the battle to get their hands on on, on one of 500 copies because it really is it's almost like a, yeah. it's almost like gladiator to get your hand on copies of limited releases nowadays. Well, that is good yeah, news. Yeah. That is good news, though, that there's there's new material forthcoming. And um, when it comes to the deal with Universal, when are they expecting the first full length from you? Has, has that been discussed in terms of a time frame?
6: really cool with us, um, I mean we signed with them him long, two years ago and yeah. we've got an album done and it's sort of ready to go.
0: Oh fantastic, basically. so it's in the can produced um, and everything? And it's... Sorry? It, it's produced final mix and everything?
6: Yeah, 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 it's ready to go and we're Brilliant. so happy with it. Oh great. And uh, they are too, so. I mean, it's it's taken its time to sort of come together because we've had sort of little complications along the way. But they've been really, I think they believe in us so much that they've just been happy to sort of let us do it our own way, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we had so many studios.
0: Yes, yes.
6: And they, it didn't work and stuff like that. And we weren't happy with the final result. I mean, I, I think a lot of bands would just be like, fuck it, we need to get you all on it as soon as. We were kind of like, no, that doesn't sound how we want it to sound. So um, we just waited until we got the whole album sounding completely perfect.
5: That's brilliant. And,
6: uh, I think they're happy that we did it as well because it's it's us, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, it's not, it's not hurried and it's not they're just meeting a schedule for the sake of meeting a schedule. But um, with with regards yeah. to, to, to the record then... Um, what was the difference recording this record as compared to um, the 7 and the 12-inch, for instance? Were, were the, was the demoing process the same? Because I know that you've got a very collaborative songwriting process in the band. Yeah.
6: Um, there's actually songs that are on the record that have been recorded years ago. Yeah. And they, I mean, some of those songs we went back into the studio and tried to re-record them. And it actually took us doing that to realise they sound kind of magically the way they are anyway. So all they really needed was a kind of remix. Yeah. Um, And then we we ended up finishing uh, the record in Eastbourne, which is actually the complete opposite end of the country. It is. Yeah.
0: Beautiful in a different way, but yeah, the the, the complete opposite end. I mean, all you have to do is go, probably go to Land's End and then you have the cliché sorted out, wouldn't you?
6: I oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we should have done that. Yeah, yeah that would we
6: have been that would. Be... Up a pop-up studio.
0: Another, another Marcus, another Marcus marketing ploy. Yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah. So, we don't use Land's in some way. I think great, Well, actually. you've
0: got to at least at least on some merchandising, oh, yeah. you know, like like the Land's End to John Groat's tour, you know, that's that's that stands to reason, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so the record. We have but,
6: actually talked about, it, about doing stuff with Landsend. Bring it
0: up, it, it's got to. It's got to. Yeah. It, it just lends itself because I think you'd be remiss if you didn't at least examine it. Yeah,
6: definitely.
0: So, so th- this record, so with the, with the first albums, uh, sorry, the first releases rather, you, the, the, you you you've got a load of demos that are floating around, and I, and I think that you know the fans fans know that, and some are official and some are unofficial, and some are SoundCloud, some are YouTube. Um, did you record the, the first set of demos in the same way and in the same place? Uh, no. In a word?
6: I've <laughs> been in a whole kind of host of places. Summerfair Fair and Nailed Clock were both recorded in a, a little studio in Hamilton, which is just outside Glasgow.
5: Yeah.
6: Um, and it's like, it's a really cool little studio, and we <clears throat> we've kind of we started kind of recording in there, uh, recording in there years ago. Yes. And we thought it'd be, I mean, when we got started, to get a bit of heat with the band. Mm. We wanted to record somewhere where that, at like demos that we were, in a place that we were familiar with and comfortable, and then, um, so we just decided to do it there, and they sounded great, so we thought we'd use them in some way
0: great great cuz
6: yeah you
0: know, you. Uh, as um i was going to mention um well, are you familiar with uh, uh, shabby road studios shabby road that's where the, the trash can Sinatras um uh, do do most of their recording all oh, right no
6: i'm not aware of
0: cuz cuz it, it's it, i look at every time i chuck check out a, a radio show or a podcast i i look at um um what i've played usually after the fact, and realise oh, I might have done a good job or a bad job. All that aside, what I'm trying to say is that, that per capita, the amount of talent that comes out of Scotland per capita in terms of musical talent is staggering, and there's no sign of it ending. Um, are, there any, are there any bands out there that are Scottish that, that you look up to? I mean, that sounds like a corny question, but... There's so so much wonderful, diverse talent coming out of of Scotland. Wh- whether it's uh, something as as mainstream as Primal Scream or something slightly off, kilter to like frightened rabbit, and then yourselves. Um, have you got any affinities with uh, with some fellow Scots? Well, uh, I mean, in a way of like looking
6: up to other Scottish artists. Yeah. I mean, me personally. Yeah. I've always been a, a massive fan of Orange Juice.
0: Yeah, so Edwin and Ed, Ed, the whole hey, postcard, band,
6: right? Edwin yeah. I um, thought there's like, there seems to be a lot of really good Scottish bands coming through right now, which is uh, refreshing. Yes. Well, the, well. Because uh, I mean, I think even even a few years ago, it, it didn't seem like there was much happening, but now it seems like there's there's probably about ten bands.
2: Yeah, but there's always been the camera obscures, though, really, so, isn't there?
0: Really, but, you know, if, yeah, if, yeah. if you really think about it, there's, there's never not been Mogwais and, and Delgados and Primal Screams. And, yeah, you know, yeah, right, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's just... It's, unfortunately, it's just what uh, what the press tend to, you know, latch on to. But it, to you, maybe yeah, yeah, it's yeah, different, yeah. but to, to a, a sycophantic fan who's, you know, an audiophile, is that there's never not been a Scottish scene. The media might pay attention to yeah, it in, yeah. in, in varying degrees, but, my God, I literally one in every two records i've got has emanated from scotland and it's that it's that uh, it's that important in the whole scheme of things so you are, you are you are perpetuating this folklore which is brilliant and i just want to ask you back to the songwriting process i alluded to the fact that that i know it's a democratic, democratic affair when 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 you're writing as a band could you just basically summarize because i know it's a very intricate affair but, of course, there's the lyrics, there's, there's the music, there's, there's the bed. What tends to come first? Do, do, do the lyrics come first? Or, or, or is there no real formula?
6: Um, I was, there is a formula, I would say. Uh, we don't really write together like the initial idea of a song. Mm-hmm. Like, say, if, if it's me that's writing a song, I'll spend a couple of days in the bedroom trying to get a song done and it'll be kind of like a verse chorus a basic idea on yeah. an acoustic guitar okay okay i'll have a melody it'll have rough words um, and i'll have an idea what the song is about um, and once i get to that kind of stage i send it to everyone else in the band and if they like it, we play it at our next band practice kind of thing. Yeah. And it works kind of similar for everyone else, really.
0: And that that's something and that l- you... Lyrically... Sorry, go ahead.
6: Lyrically, like, there's a few... probably a few members who write more lyrics than most. I, I, I like to write all the lyrics to my songs. Yes. Um, Liam, the keys player, uh, he's a very articulate man. He... Sometimes well, he writes
0: lyrics to his songs, but if someone else is like struggling, we'll sort of go to him. Um, but yeah,
6: it works perfectly
0: for us. It's it's in a bit of an anomaly. It's a bit to... of a strange process, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say. It's it a... works perfectly for us. Yeah, it's an anomaly, especially with a six-piece, you know. it's um, but, but if, if yeah. it works, that's fantastic. So you've obviously, you've got something that's formulaic. You, you're very comfortable with the environment in which you demo and record. Um, now, in terms of producers and engineers, have you whittled that down to these are the people that uh, we want to work with for the for the at least for the short term? Um, what do you
6: mean for like a, another album?
0: Well, for, well, s- somebody must have twiddled the knobs on, on on the last record. Um, so, could you discuss that? And then, yeah. s- will that will that person be retained essentially?
6: Well, we finished the album with a uh, Ambie Rowe. I oh, know Andy Sorry, I got the fucking names mixed up. Andy Breton. <laughs> okay. And Mike Rowe. All right. Hey, uh, that's the guys in Eastbourne. And yeah. They, they kind of work as a kind of partnership, and they just were so ideal for us, like finishing the records. Nice. Um, we were expected to only do two songs. But we had basically four songs to do before the album was done. Yeah, and they they just just smashed it out of the park with us really, uh, and we got like the last two songs done in two days, and it was it just sounds perfect
0: to us. Yeah, that's and fantastic. Was
6: one of those songs that we did. Oh yeah,
0: because <laughs> you know what you yeah. what you've, what you've atta- attained and achieved is is oftentimes the holy grail for bands. They could go their whole career five six seven eight albums and, and still not find that kind of synergy with with because you know it takes a village to make a record let's be honest so yeah. they're, they're not as uh, fortuitous uh, as you in terms of aligning with people who are like-minded whether it's the uh, the the folk who are, who are looking looking after universal or whether it's uh, the guys down in eastbourne so it sounds like you've got a nice little group who get you which is fantastic yeah definitely
6: i mean <clears throat> One, of, I mean, one of the reasons why the album took so long, um, is because, as I said, we we tried quite a few producers and studios, yeah. and they like really good producers, really good guys, but they just a uh, just didn't work somehow mm-hmm. for the the final sort of mix, you know. And you have to bite the bullet sometimes and and just sort of push it to one side and, and go again, you know.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, and it can be
6: frustrating, but I mean, you have to level your first album for the rest of your life, kind of thing. Well, bloody right! I mean, um, it's it's uh, the it's
0: fruits, enough. it's the fruits of you, it's the fruits of your youth and the fruits of you know, sixty odd collective years worth of creative talent, and you only get one crack at your first record, don't you? So you better exactly. be happy with it. So I, I respect immensely exactly. what you're doing there, because there are so many who. A feel the pressure to chuck something out by virtue of the record label pressurizing them, or they feel impelled to yeah. do it themselves because they think they might be losing momentum. But you've completely bucked yeah, that course, trend, yeah. and I, I respect that too because you've been yeah. sitting on on in Universal, uh, you know. And, and they obviously understand you, whereby there's no pressure. saying, so You've got to get an album out by Christmas, and we all know that that's the reality yeah. in the industry. But yeah. by I as mean, sort of cheesy
6: as it sounds. I mean, our art
0: is what matters most. Absolutely. I was just going to Always. say something along those lines, but it's your art, it's possessive, it's yours, it means the world to you. So you've got every right to make sure it's as perfect as you can get it before you release it. Yeah, totally. You get it as well, man. Well, I, well it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's as I say, it's your art, it's your possession, it's the, fruit, it's the fruits of your brain and, and collective... And collective countless hours working with each other it must be wonderful for you to sit back and, and know it's happening, but it's happening in a very manageable, organic way without you just being poof chucked out there yeah, and, totally. and being a flash in the pan. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Can, can I ask another question? Because I mean, uh, the, the, there's varying degrees of uh, of artwork and packaging depending on whether it's digital or whether it's the seven or the twelve. Um, do you, do you or will you or have you with with the new record? Have you been directly involved either yourself or other the other five five lads? Been involved with the the creative, the aesthetic, the the packaging and, and the sleeve that type of thing.
6: Um. No. Well, we've been kind of working with different people and then letting them know what kind of thing we want and coming up with ideas for. a uh, what sort of imagery we'd like to use and stuff. But, I mean, we're in control of quite a lot of our own stuff. I mean, uh, I make the videos as well. And yes. So, aesthetically, we're kind of in control as well, really. I mean, we'd like to have, not I mean, none of us are like artists in the way that we could make a really amazing cover for the album. Yes. We, we're open to work, we're open to working with people who are great at doing that, you know what I mean? Uh, but we have a certain sort of image that we like to portray and we'd like to sort of
0: keep, you know? Yeah, there's a consistency. It's, it's harping back the days. The reason I bring it up, because music obviously is uh, it's a, it's, a, it's, an, it's an audible medium, but uh, th- this with, with today's day and age, with this bizarre resurgence of vinyl, which never went away, again, another ploy to think it's gone away and come back. But... Packaging is, is immensely, immensely important. The aesthetic of a band, and I'm harping back to even, you know, the postcard, the postcard label was one of the yeah, first yeah. labels to have a consistency whereby you knew it was a postcard release. And the same thing perpetuated yeah. into the 80s with Rough Trade and 4AD and records and creation. So um, with with your stuff... I can't put my finger on it, despite having a fine art degree. I can't put my finger on it, but there's a a bizarre consistency to it. Whether it's effortless or contrived, I don't quite know.
6: Right. (laughs) We never never really... Especially when I make the videos, I mean,
0: The videos are brilliant, by the way. I mean, you just... Do you just flow with the video? Because, I mean, some of these things look like you're getting them first take here. Well, dreamers, I didn't actually
6: make it. Um, I was a guy, Dom Foster from Liverpool. He's a really, really talented guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a perfect frame. He added some animation and stuff on it.
0: Yes. I love that video. Put it
6: all together. Uh, But everything else, I mean, I think it's just we've had a bit more... I mean, because we've obviously got a little bit bigger, we can can get other people involved as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, I mean, they... All the other videos have just been, like, honestly just done on an iPhone. Yeah. I've put it together. But it just sort of happens, really.
0: Well, you know...
6: I don't ever really plan for it to to be sort of consistent, but it's good that you're
3: saying that.
0: Yeah. Well, again, you've got an impossible task because it's so subjective. You've got to rely upon the objectivity of others. But... um, Keep 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 doing that because it takes stream of consciousness to a whole new level without getting too artsy fartsy. It really, um, it, anyway, it, it resonates with me, and I'm sure it does with thousands of others. So that's that's wonderful. So you have really chiselled out a wonderful um, organic process whereby you've main you've managed to maintain control. So one day you should be writing a book to tell people how to do what you've just done because as a rule, what you what you have at your disposal and who you've aligned with. It's almost like the Holy Grail, John. No, oh, thank you. No, it's, it's a fair play. It's so, on, on, on a parting note, needless to say, thank you so much for sparing the time, especially at this hour of the day. Um, best of luck unpacking.
6: Oh, well, yeah. thanks, thanks, for taking
0: such a keen interest in the matter. Oh, just I'm, I'm just I'm just made up. I'm just glad to be sharing. I've just got one last question for you before you have to start. I, I hope you're not unpacking boxes tonight. you have a Horlicks and go to bed or something. But um best of luck with I'm
6: having a a can of beer right
0: now. There you go. There you go. Nice one. I I, I ask I ask every interviewee on on a weekly basis this this same question and I'm and I'm accruing a a a database and I'll send you and I'll send you the fruits of it. Uh, but I ask everybody let's say hypothetically you're touring Canada you're around my place for a barbecue we're sitting there on the settee we're full stick the kettle on and I bring out the magic biscuit tin and I say Jordan this, as I've just expressed, is a magic biscuit tin. You can you can usher up any biscuit on God's green earth. What would you choose?
6: Any biscuit.
0: Any biscuit.
6: I'm a big biscuit
0: man as well. Well, it's, biscuits are serious I business. I love
6: biscuits. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll have to think about that
0: one. You'd be amazed, Jordan, how many people, just about... Every week say, oh man, that's a hard question to answer because as I say, biscuits and are no there's no mucking about with biscuits. You know what? A fucking
6: chocolate digestive.
0: You know, well you can't go wrong with that because that's like the Volkswagen of the it's trusted.
6: I mean I go I go through phases of like another hour best, it's more yeah. Nobody stands with a chocolate
0: digestive. Well you always revert back to it because there's, there's very few things that can yeah. really complement a cup of tea than a chalky digestive. So, exactly. fair, so fair play for you. That, that is the only conventional thing you've said this whole interview, mate. <laughs> everything, okay. else, everything else has been out there, but fantastic. So wonderful stuff. Well, I wish you all the very, very best. And, and then hopefully um, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to Larissa in a few months and see if I can do a catch-up with you. But uh, I'll get to your yeah, contact. Uh. I'll Hopefully get. You... See
6: you in Canada
0: or oh well, I'll be delighted to. Well, if that ever happens, uh, I I can make a few phone calls for you. But uh, on on a, on a parting note, thanks so much, and I'll and I'll make sure I get you that uh, updated biscuit database. Ah oh, yes. All uh, the all the best. Easy, man. All the best. Take care, of yourself, John. Take it easy, man. Bye. See you later, man. Bye. Bye there you are, the A to Z of Neon Waltz, thank you Jordan, thank you so much for the chit chat and uh, informing uh, the listenership as to what you've been doing and what we can expect from you I'm really looking forward to the new material and I'll be sharing it with you lot as well in due course as soon as I uh, get my hands on it i uh, going to leave you with one more track this week um, it is the latest offering from the band it is uh, entitled Perfect Frame and uh, I'm going to play it for you in about 3 or 4 seconds don't forget to uh, share the the show with, with people that uh, you deem having similar musical tastes or tastes full stop I'll be very appreciative because as I say on a weekly basis it's just me showing up with a bag of records every week to try and uh, put together and cobble together a three hour show that hopefully resonates with people that care about good music episode of near perfect pitch has been brought to you by jordan shearer and the milk chocolate digestive thanks so much for listening everybody i uh, hope you enjoyed the program and uh, the feature on neon waltz i'll be back next week for another episode spread the word brothers and sisters ta